Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Back at it today. Back in studio today. Glad to have you on board with us. Got a lot of stuff that uh, just kind of, you know, wrapping up the NFL season, basically, because uh, we'll talk with Mike Clements coming up here in about 15 minutes. So don't go anywhere. Um, but just wrapping up the NFL season. And uh, now we go into the NFL postseason and off season, if you will, and start to talk about what Mike could, would, would, should be for the Green Bay Packers and what they have on the horizon as the Packers have rounded out the coaching staff. You've got the Badgers uh, football program. They've got Luke, or Luke Fickle and even Mike Vrabel now consulting. And uh, you also have the Badger basketball program struggling a little bit with Ohio State on the docket. You've got the Bucks who you know, they uh, they make a trade, they try to get defensively better, they get a win, and now they've got a real good test in front of them in the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the one story we did not mention at all, and shame on me, shame on me. Marquette by, got a win too, by the way, uh, and uh, we've got more to come, but the Milwaukee Admirals have now set a franchise record, 14 straight wins, 14 straight wins. And they are just playing some smoke in hockey right now. 14 straight wins. Grossnecks playing an incredible goal. And 14 straight wins for the Milwaukee Admirals. I'm excited. I'm excited for the postseason to get here. I mean, hockey's a long season, but I'm, I'm kind of giddy. I really am. So, uh, anyway, that's, that's going on as well. we got a lot of good, a lot of good stuff in the area. you got Brewers baseball getting ready to get underway. So uh, we'll we'll you know be talking a lot of Brewers baseball. Spring training is not far off. You know, Grant, when are you? You're going what the first week of uh, March? Yes. Oh, geez, that's like two weeks away, three weeks yeah. away. I I should have just left my suitcase packed. I hate packing. I wear the yeah. same two outfits every day, anyways. No one sees me. I should just kept it packed. <laughs> so Grant's heading out to spring training. We might. I'm uh, just kind of checking uh, the uh, studio availability inside Maryville Baseball Park. So we'll we'll see. Um, we could always do the show elsewhere, that's for sure. No problem. But uh, just checking that availability since we get in there pretty early in the morning. Uh, and even if we go out for a few days, it won't be too bad. won't be too bad at all. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Uh, this one's from Anthony. Anthony says, hey, Bill, you know, for the Packers to take the next step, what do you think they need to do? Excited for the future. They should have been in the Super Bowl this year. They would have ended up beating the 49ers and the Detroit Lions yet again. I can't believe this team just faltered at the at the worst possible time. Thank you, Anthony. Um, what is going to take? What I always say, you got to be good. You got to be lucky. You got to be hot and you got to be healthy. You know, I mean, they certainly got hot towards the end of the season. And, you know, you got to be lucky. You, you you had, but when luck finds you, you have to take advantage of it, and they did. You know, you talk about a couple of dropped interceptions that they could have picked from Brock Purdy. You know, I mean, you got to learn from that kind of stuff. I, I think this year, this was a really good season of coaching from Matt LaFleur, the way he kind of kept his arms around the, the team itself and the franchise and didn't allow it to blow apart through some of the adversity. But, now there's an expectation. There has to be another level that you got to take it to. I think it's real. 
I think it's the attention to detail. I think it's getting everybody better on another level and, and having not only the talent on the field, but those around you elevate that level, whether it's through the new coaching staff defensively, um, offensively speaking, whatever. I mean, I just, there is, there is something about Andy Reid and Spagnolo. When they get to the postseason, it's just they become masterful. There's a level of play that comes from them that that rifles through each individual player. And you saw it yesterday where it was just, don't panic, we're okay, let's just elevate our play at the most opportune time, and they did. And that's the reason they're dancing with rings. Whereas Shanahan's guys... You could tell they. Ch- I mean, the the Packers did it too in San Francisco. There was a there was a there was a choke factor, a tense factor. You know, three straight drives, really not putting much together. You know, not getting, not getting aggressive, not getting, you know, kind of doing what you normally do. It, it you know, three straight drives. They didn't do that. And they were putting the ball in Brock Purdy's hands, maybe a little bit too much. Not giving the ball to McCaffrey enough. I mean, the offensive player of the year for guy's sakes. You know, not not mixing it up. I mean. You could tell that there suddenly became a tightness to the 49ers. You didn't have that. You really didn't have much flappability, if you will, when it came to Kansas City. The only time you really saw it was when, you know, Patrick Mahomes was getting boisterous on the sideline. Other than that, while the offense certainly did not have a pep in their step, they never imploded. They just kind of plug it. The defense kept giving them opportunities, and they just kept plugging away until they got into a little bit of rhythm. And and let's be honest. I mean, the Pacheco fumble, had they converted that to a touchdown, completely, I, I, think, I think at that point in time, it may become a much larger win in regulation for Kansas City. Because that change, that, had they scored there, they would have had not only the, the, the emotion and momentum going down the score, but then putting points on the board and now putting San Francisco even more on their heels than what they were. Whereas at that point in time, San Francisco, by getting, getting the football, completely grabbed every bit of momentum and every bit of, um, you know, say exuberance that Kansas City had at that point and just it, it sucked the air out of the balloon until they were able to regroup, finally put some points on the board, and then, uh, you know, off and running in the second half. But had had Kansas City put the ball in the end zone there, I think it becomes a vastly different game. I think then San Francisco really is forced into even more mistakes. Just my opinion. Um, as Corey, Corey says, do you think that they're going to continue to talk about the GOAT being Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady? You talk about prisoner of the moment. Yes, I do. Um, the greatest, you can look at Bart Starr. Then you've got, God, look at, you know, what Staubach and Bradshaw did. Look at, you know, they had Larry Zonka bringing up the trophy with Bob Greasy. Those guys were great in their day. You know, Dan Marino never won a championship. I mean, he's still considered one of the best, but he never won a championship, you know. But for championships, you got to look at Joe Montana. You know, you gotta you gotta look at, at Tom Brady as the king of the hill, and then you gotta look at Patrick Mahomes as to what he can do. But this whole thing of being a prisoner of the moment and forgetting about history and what it has been and the eras that that you know in which they lived, I think it's ridiculous. I, I really do. I think it's ridiculous. Until until 
Um, excuse me. And, you know, when Tiger got to 10 majors, you started to go, okay, this is for real. This this guy, one or two or three, okay, it's for real. Because Jordan Spieth was on a hot streak for a while, and then he faltered. Rory McIlroy was on a hot streak for a while, and then he faltered. Right now, you've got Patrick Mahomes. He's on a hot streak, right? Six straight AFC Championship games, getting to the Super Bowl five times, winning at three. I mean, he's on a hot streak. But this being the ultimate team sport, he may this may be all he ever sees. Who knows? I don't think so. But this may be it. This may be the last run because you just never know. Rosters rotate so much in the National Football League. Chemistry rotates so much in the National Football League. I, We were talking about this earlier. And thanks for the email, Corey. I, I just, I don't think you can plan on it. You know? I just don't think so. I think you got to look at it as, they're on a hell of a run, but at some point this run's going to end. Do I think they're going to win a championship next year? If I had to bet, I would say no. If you had, if you said, let's take Kansas City or the field, I'd take the field all day long. The likelihood of them putting a three-peat together is so minimal. So minimal. Now, you can say it's one in 32, which is not bad odds, but one out, or one out of 31. But... I, I think it's so minimal. So I'm with you just because of the stats, right? You'd always bet against the field. Right. Here's my question, though, and this is something that teams around the AFC are going to have to figure out. If Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert or even Kyle Shanahan from the NFC couldn't get Mahomes these last two years after they traded Tyreek Hill away and after his money's really hitting the cap and they don't really have any good receivers, I'm I'm confused when it's going to happen because these were the two years they were supposed to be vulnerable kind of doing a, a reorganization post Tyreek Hill. So if you right. can't do it now, I mean, when are you going to do it? I, you would assume they're only going to get better from here on out. Correct. 100%. 100%. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so again. 877-867-1670. Um, I, yeah, I just don't think that you can just – I mean, I look, will they be in another AFC Championship game? They very well could be. I would not bet against them at this point. At this point, if you go into next season, now I haven't taken a look at all the rosters and the way things are going to break down, but I would probably again have to say my top two or three teams, uh, if you get a full season of Joe Burrow, Cincinnati will be there. You've got Kansas City's going to be there. Baltimore's going to be there. Buffalo's going to be there. And so is Miami. I mean, those five teams you can look at right now. I think all the hoopla around Rodgers is gone. I think everybody's just waiting to see if he's actually going to be a decent player right now. And I, I think the Jets are a complete afterthought. I, they may not even make the postseason, even if Rodgers has a 100% healthy season. I, I just don't know if they've got enough. So I think those are the top four teams over in the AFC right now. I don't know the the other dark horse in the AFC, I would probably say, is going to be be the L.A. Chargers is going to be the L.A. Chargers. What kind of an impact does Harbaugh have on Justin Herbert and that gang as to whether or not they're going to be able to kind of raise to that next level? Because we've been waiting for a long time for Justin Herbert to take that next step. So the the top four is what I gave you. Five, maybe the Chargers, maybe the Jaguars. 
But to me, that's kind of where everything is. Now, in the NFC side, I think it's wide open. I don't know what to make of Philadelphia and their collapse. You know the Cowboys are going to be good. You know San Francisco is still going to be good because the window's right there. Uh, but they've got a lot of monetary decisions to make this offseason, that's for sure. So if they start cutting, jettisoning some of those pieces, I, I, I don't know if they're going to be the same team. Same with Detroit. Detroit's going to be right there. I think the Packers can be right there. But the ability for Kansas City to repeat, I, God, that's, and do a three-peat, I, I think that is that is a, a, a long, long, long shot. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, Got Mike Clements. He's going to be joining us. We'll talk with Mike uh, about all of this and uh, get into the discussion of his uh, thoughts, uh, the sights and sounds and such from Super Bowl. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I can only feel the number of people out there being like, what's going on? First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career. He's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it. And in overtime, he is the best. He is the standard. Your Michael Jordan wins it again. You got no Welcome back. There you go. That is uh, classic, classic stuff. Mike Clemens brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Bay Motel, quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field, bringing you coverage all season long of uh, Packers football. Mike Clemens and uh, bringing you his broadcasts and uh, cuts as well. So great stuff from Mike Clemens. Uh, joining us on the hotline, go to BayMotelGreenBay.com. That is BayMotelGreenBay.com and the Bay Family Restaurant. Uh, they're cooking it up home style uh, seven days a week. Again, BayMotelGreenBay.com. That is BayMotelGreenBay.com. Michael, what did you think of the game, man? Oh, it was it was great. You know, I saw some people on Twitter saying, uh, this game's kind of boring, and it's like, you know, come on now. Do you watch football? Because uh, what you're seeing is, you're seeing one offense trying to deal with Nick Bosa, another uh, offense trying to deal with Chris Jones. And uh, both teams finally figured out at some point, we're just going to run the ball and we're going to pound on each other. And you saw by about midway through the fourth quarter, both those teams were gassed. And little did they know, they'd also be playing deep into a, a, an overtime to finish the game. So it was, it was a lot of body punches going on in there. Um, and then tr- trick plays. Yeah, you know Shanahan, you know has the guts to say, yeah, Brock Purdy's Steve Spagnola, Bill. You could tell he was spread out on the corners. Um, he was going to blitz from different angles to go after Brock Purdy and keep him hurt uh, in a hurry. If he was going to give something up, he was going to give it over the middle to the young quarterback because hey, you know you never know if uh, Chris Jones or Mike Pinnell, the former Packer going to get their hand up and deflect the pass and one of your linebackers will intercept it but Purdy, you could see his accuracy and chipping away and chipping away with the pass uh, that way and and that opening drive i mean what a christian mccaffrey was just beside himself after the game that 
Here they had the momentum to march down the field, and the ball gets knocked away, and, and, and they, they fumble on their opening drive, yeah. give the ball back, yeah. So, so this, win, this win for the Chiefs, their back-to-back one, their second one in a row, first time in 20 years since the Patriots did it. Andy Reid talked about you know, the, the play called Corn Dog, and the guy who was the star of the show, this McCall Hardman, speedy guy who they'd had on the team before. They traded him with the Jets. At times they'd had some problems with him. Matt Nagy, a former Bears coach, is Andy Reid's offensive coordinator, and knows how to use him in certain plays, and they ended up using this guy. That uh, Andy Reid was asked, you know, you traded him to the Jets. How did you guys get him back? Well, he, listen, he, he was cut, and we brought him back. And that's, that's a tough thing. That's tough to handle mentally. And he came in with a positive attitude and just said, hey, I just want to help you guys win. And we kind of know what he does best. And, um, uh, you know, Nagy does a great job of putting him in positions. And really, he's got that mastered with that kid, uh, where to put him and, and how to use him. So um, you saw that. You saw it tonight. Yeah. You know, Mike, uh, it's interesting because, first of all, we all thought Kelsey was going to get the ball, and Kelsey was actually kind of a decoy and a blocker in the end zone at that point in time. But you saw when the ball was in the air, if you were paying attention to Kelsey and I'm a Cole Hardman, that Kelsey already had his arms up. Like, we won. It's over. This is it. He saw it. Yeah. He knew exactly. The play went exactly as planned. But the first half, that was a whole different game because San Francisco really let some opportunities go by the wayside. And it felt like they just outpunched the puncher but they didn't knock him out, and you cannot allow the breath of life inside that Kansas City locker room uh, for them to be able to say, hey, we can still come back and win this thing because they just do. All the odds makers, I believe up until the game, right, the odds makers had San Francisco because of the depth of the roster right. save, the, save the young quarterback. But George Kittle and, and Fred Warner and all these guys are 28 years old and in the prime of their career on that 49ers roster. And but, you know, you walk through the winning team and you see guys like Hardman, these guys that are picked up along the way, added in like Mike Pinnell. You know, and I've told that story before. He's undrafted. Uh, The great Bob McGinn, the great Packers reporter, comes to me one day about two weeks into training camp around 2016. and says, Mike, who do you like? I said, I like 64. Have you seen this? He goes, I do, too. I do, too. Do you see how much trouble this big defensive lineman, his upper body strength, is given to the first-team offensive line? It's one of those mm-hmm. Ted picks, one of those guys he picked up. And here he is all these years later after being suspended twice by the Packers and, or, or by the NFL, and the Packers moved on from him. He was with the Jets. He had a cup of coffee with the Bears. This is his second stint with the Chiefs, but they needed him, and there he is making big plays again. So that's something to keep an eye on, and I think Gutekinds does a good job of that. Uh, is right. picking up guys along the season that could end up helping you when you get to the to the playoffs. And Andy Reid talked about you know being outplayed in the first half. So what do you tell your team at halftime? Yeah, so um, I, I didn't say a whole lot. Just keep going. Uh, halftime, it was we're right there. It feels when you're in the Super Bowl, you're down by seven points. It feels like twenty, and so uh, you, you got to just kind of. Calm it down, and we're, we're right there. We're getting the ball to start the second half, and uh, everybody just hang with each other, and, and good things can happen. So, and that was kind of the message. The guys, the guys were saying that these uh, three of them talked the night before, um, Kels, Chris, and Tra- and uh, uh, Pat, and they they did a 
uh, a great job of communicating that. You know, it's a brotherhood. Stick together. You know, the, we're playing a good football team. There are going to be highs and lows in this thing. Just hang together and good things will happen. And that's what they did. Mike, uh, the one, you know, thing that everybody is talking about, uh, short of obviously the pass uh, to end the ball game and maybe the uh, the coin flip acceptance, but Travis Kelsey coming uh, over to, you know, Andy Reid and, and hitting him basically, giving him a shell of a shove and screaming at him and getting in his face. And that was something that's been highlighted everywhere this morning. And rightfully so. Like, what is yeah. going on? I mean, you know, here you're in the Super Bowl. Uh, you're you're battling. You, you know, you're only scoring the first half as a field goal, and uh, you know, Andy's trying to figure out how to you know get this thing figured out and what are they going to do in the second half. And now you've got one of your team captains, Travis Kelsey, one of your stars, all worked up and yelling him and knocking him over on the sidelines. You know, in some kind of dispute. So Andy Reid was asked, "Yeah, what was the deal with Kelsey?" Yeah, he was emotional today. So um, I get it. I mean, listen, I have five kids, so I, I, I get how that goes. Um, the part I love is he loves to play the game, and he wants to help his team win. I mean, it's not a selfish thing. That's not what it is, and I understand that. And so as much as, um, you know, he bumps into me, I get after him, and we understand that. Um yeah, he caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. He cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. Um, he was really coming over just to go, just put me in, I'll score, I'll score. You know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So, I listen, I appreciate him. Uh, you, you just don't knock a coach that doesn't have a lot of mobility to him. You don't you kind of pound into him like that. But Kelsey is one of those leaders, Mike, and uh, he obviously, between him and Patrick Mahomes, they had a lot to say. Yeah, here's the irony. You know, here's this guy shoving around his head coach <laughs> in the middle of the Super Bowl, and he's actually one of the team captains. Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, the big defensive lineman, and, of course, Patrick Mahomes all spoke to the Chiefs in the final team meeting the night before the team hotel down there in Henderson that we were at all last week. And so Kelsey would say, so what did you tell your players in your speech the night before the game? Um, that we had the formula, that, that we know how to we know how to go and get it, and uh, and they didn't. But um, that being said, I got nothing but respect for the for the 49ers. They showed a lot more than than even I uh, imagined. And um, there's a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, words being thrown around, but that team was every bit uh, deserving as we were. And I um, I got a lot of respect for them, their coaches, um, and and how they go about their business. That game went all the way down the wire for a reason. Mike, it's uh, it's not very often, as you had mentioned, we've talked about 20 years since we've seen a back-to-back Super Bowl winner. It's not easy to do, and this was a year filled with adversity. This was a year where they looked somewhat down and out. They started to implode a little bit. Then they picked themselves back up. Then they couldn't win on the road, and they did. They beat uh, what everybody thought was the cream of the crop in the Baltimore Ravens to get to this game. So, you know, boy, you talk about an ebb and flow of a season for the Kansas City Chiefs just to get back to two in a row, man, and give them kudos for that. Kind of reminds you like the 67 Packers, an older team, but still finding ways to do it when it counted in December and January and now now February as the season gets longer. But, yeah, you know, and, and to get embarrassed in prime time in Green Bay against the Packers, right? Right. Uh, which I talked to Steve Spagnola about, and he said, you know what, the bottom line in that game was 
Matt LaFleur's game plan. I want to cross the field after that night and congratulated him because he really did a nice job in hitting some of our weak spots. So Kelsey was asked what made this season more challenging coming off last year's Super Bowl win. Man, with the target on our back, man, knowing that we were going to get everybody's best shot to, to have the doubters, to have the, the, the road that we went through, man, it, um, it meant everything to even get to this point. But to, to find, a, find a way through adversity yet again for four, four quarters, five quarters, man, I, uh, I couldn't be more proud of the guys. And I, it's such an honor to be on this team and in, on this, in this organization, man. Now, Travis, from what I understand, did address the uh, the Andy Reid incident, screaming incident on the sideline, right? Yeah, there he was in that little inter- interview booth uh, with a little bit of lipstick on his forehead from, you know, you know who, <laughs> after the game. He looked like Barney Fife, you know, on the Andy Griffith show out with, right. with Thelma Lou. And uh, he was short and sweet. <laughs> you know, so why were you yelling and shoving Andy Reid on the sidelines before halftime? I was just telling him how much I love him. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna uh, on the BS meter. I'm gonna call that one right there. Just just I say so. that I, I don't think that's the reason, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, hang in there. We got Mike Clemens on board. Stay tuned. We got more with Mike coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. So it's, it's culture, man. I, I got brought into this culture. Um, Alex Smith was leading this team. Uh, they had the, the pieces in place, and Coach Reed was the, the ultimate leader. And I got brought in, and I just kind of try to exemplify that and, and keep pushing them to be even better. And um, that's why in moments like this, when you guys come through, and um, it, it truly is special. It really is special um, just to, to be able to say we're back-to-back champs. There you go. That's Travis – or, excuse me, that's uh, Patrick Mahomes – after uh, they won the Super Bowl back-to-back years last night in an epic thriller at, uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Joining us now on the hotline, our guy Mike Clemens, who's on-site still in Las Vegas. And so, Mike, uh, you know, first time in 20 years, team goes back-to-back. Obviously, a lot of excitement about that. Uh, there's a lot of talk about goats and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the bottom line is Kyle Shanahan and his crew, they didn't do a whole lot. And uh, this is another disappointing uh, return. Now, granted, they, they got to the Super Bowl, don't get me wrong, but another disappointing trip to the Super Bowl. Well, the point is is this. You know, I thought when he lost to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes four years ago down in Miami, it was because I thought he was being a little too conservative, conservative with Jimmy Garoppolo. And the other thing is what got them there that year was that great running game. And yet Shanahan was afraid. He even said it after the game that night. We talked about it. He was so afraid of Mahomes going on a scoring binge. That's why he kept throwing the ball in that game with Garoppolo as opposed to sticking to his running game and actually you know, using that as a part of the defense, keep the ball away from the Chiefs. Then Mahomes comes up with a play to Andy Reid and says, hey, let's try that thing to Sammy Watkins on the right-hand side. They have a huge chunk play for like 50 yards. That's how they went ahead in that one, and that's how come the 49ers lost that game. And now, you know, I mean, Shanahan is such a smart guy, and they keep talking about how smart he is. And there was one great question last Thursday afternoon at the end of the week when someone said, you know, when you get into these games, when do you gamble? You know, here you are in Vegas. But what do you, when do you, he says, you know, you don't gamble. it's strategic. And then he, off the top of his head, he said, the Philly special, okay? 
or Sean Payton kicking the onside's kick to start the second half. This is stuff that good coaches see on film, which is exactly what he did last night in the first half, something he saw on film when he ran that play where uh, he, you know they throw to Jennings, then Jennings becomes a quarterback and throws to Christian McCaffrey, and they score their touchdown. But Shanahan, here he is with this tremendous roster and a young quarterback on you know why they didn't uh, on just the, the emotions of that locker room, knowing that they had a Super Bowl winning caliber team. Um, I mean, we all hurt. I mean, everyone knows how it feels, and um, don't have a lot of words for it. But obviously, we're hurting. Our team's hurting. But that's how it goes when you put yourself out there. I'm real proud of our guys for. No regrets with our team. I thought our guys played so hard today. Not everything was perfect by no means, but um, I'm going to lose with a group of guys. It's do with those guys anytime. And um, we'll take some time. We'll get over this and um, come back next year ready to go. I don't know if you ever get over that when you had opportunities right there and you kind of let them slip through your fingers. And then the question begins as to why in the world did he uh, decide to take the ball first and give Patrick Mahomes four downs in their second drive of that overtime period? Uh, that, that's where a lot of scrutiny is coming today, Mike. Well, Bill, I heard you talk about that at the top of the show today, and I thought it was an excellent point. But frankly, I did, you know, I heard him say this, and I thought, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you want to be third. That means you want to you want to finish. You want to respond to whatever Mahomes responds to you guys or whatever but they have that one drive that goes 13 plays 66 yards where they're grinding and punching along being secure seven minutes and 38 seconds but the fact is if if kansas city kicks another field goal you're just going to another quarter you know you should be taking shots but like you say here's what shanahan when he was asked that question about how you guys handled the possession in overtime uh it's just something we talked about with you know, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked to those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. You know, Mike, uh, the one guy that I kind of felt bad for was Brock Purdy. Had he won that game, then all of the speculation about him being the, quote, game manager goes away, especially the way he played down the stretch. And uh, I just I, – I don't know why, but I found myself feeling bad for Brock Purdy. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he's learning. He's done tremendous things just, you know, coming out of nowhere as a third stringer last year. And he was asked – you know, how frustrating is it to get all the way down the field and then not, you know, not get into the end zone in that overtime drive and have to settle for the field goal? Yeah. Um, I mean, they brought zero and just trying to get the ball to JJ. Um, that's what was hurting me, just knowing that, yeah, we're going to execute the field goal, trusting Jake and all the guys on special teams. But um, obviously their offense is really good. Mahomes is really good. And you just don't want to give an opportunity, you know, um, to go down and win the game off off a touchdown. So um, when I wasn't able to connect with him, it just it hurt. So, yeah. It's just interesting, Mike, that this Chiefs team, even down by double digits, down by 10 again, uh, is able to just, like I said, stay unflappable. They just seem to say, okay, we're down by 10. Let's turn it on, and we're going to go win this thing. Yeah, finding ways to do it. And at the same time, what I really like about Brock Purdy just as a leader at 24 years old is how much he's in tune with the history, where this team had been coming from, and how much, you know, trying to win these games for the veterans. And he was asked, you know, 
what the mood of the team was now after this loss, knowing that he had a Super Bowl caliber roster this year. I mean, a lot of guys are quiet, and a lot of guys are still quiet right now. Um, not a lot has been said. Um, it just hurts. You know, we have the team, obviously, to do it, to win the whole thing and come up short like that. You know, the way things have been the last couple of years here, um, everyone wanted it so bad. So um, I think we're still trying to sort of gather, you know, our, our thoughts and, and everything right now. But everyone in that locker room loves each other, I'll tell you that. They were a play, a score, what have you, away from being able to, what I would believe to be delivering the knockout blow to Kansas City, and San Francisco just wasn't able to do it. I, I thought after the Pacheco fumble, maybe they get it. I, you know, a couple of times when, you know, even the blocked PAT proved to be huge. Let's not let's not dance around that. But they, they had opportunities. They just couldn't give that extra punch to to Kansas City to kind of put them away. Leo Chanel on the Chiefs, right, from Grantsburg, yeah. Wisconsin, and a, and a Badgers linebacker and a draft pick, you know, come out of, with that big play. He also, you know, punched out that ball early in the game. Uh, I think that was uh, the, the Christian McCaffrey fumble uh, that got the ball. So big plays from the former Badger. And Justin Reed, you know, we talked about luxurious need in the secondary for the Chiefs. That secondary might be underrated. Uh, Reed is the safety. Uh, this is one of these guys. I remember Ryan Clark when the Packers played the, the Steelers, and I thought that guy could be on the on the air someday. I kind of got the feeling all week with Justin Reed, who kind of tied the bow on. He said, here the Chiefs are down by 10 again, and, and and talking about winning the Super Bowl at halftime. Yeah, we're going to halftime, man, and the message was we've been here before. We've been here before. We need to come out fast in the second half. We need to get uh, the ball back to the offense quickly. We need to put some points on the board, and we'll be right back in this thing. So it's never about pointing the finger. That's the biggest strength that we have in the team this year. We never point the finger. We just It's not about who's right who's wrong. It's about getting it right. And we have guys bought into that. That's just team ball, man. We, we knew that we just needed to give our offense the best shot. We could just hold them. We could turn the ball over or hold them to a field goal. The way that they finished the end of the game, we knew they'd go down and score. So um, it was just about putting the ball in 15's hands. He has some big-time scrambles, man. I don't know why guys don't spy him. He does it every week. You know what I mean? Scrambles are 20, 30 yards in the biggest moment. Um, but he did. He, it was just Patrick being Patrick, man, and he did it again. He's a guy that uh, came to, to Kansas. There was a lot of teams looking for his services. He was a guy that ended up choosing Kansas City. Right, kind of like MVS, too. Marquez Valdez-Scaling, who had a nice play, a nice catch for a touchdown, and then had a boneheaded play where he's running right. backwards. But, you know, the Chiefs have got plenty of these free agents, and so the Packers, you know, Keyshawn Nixon and Rasul Douglas, so they traded them away. But you see these guys that they've added in just the last year, and there they are holding up a Lombardi trophy. And so this Justin Reed, the safety for the Chiefs, he talked about his decision to leave the Texans for the Chiefs in free agency. That was back in March of 2022. And for the opportunity to be coached by their defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo. It's probably the best career decision I made in my life to come here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm living it. I'm enjoying it. I love, I love Kansas City as a city. I love this team. I love the culture that is built. I love Spags. In Spags, we trust, baby. You don't hear a lot of that coming out of the Joe Barry camp. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Just in Spags, we trust. They were even wearing shirts that said that. T-shirts that said in Spags, we trust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they didn't sell any of those shirts up. There's a big stack of them. No. They marked half price now. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're in. Yeah, I don't even want to say. Right, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Mike Clements with us, wrapping it up. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. Final segment coming up next. Ready? 
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What's the first Taylor song you listen to tonight? <laughs> I don't know, whichever one the DJ plays. Welcome back. Good to have you. Phil Michaels show. Little Travis Kelsey and Tala Swift, who was uh, showed numerous tests. She even did a kind of a Mike. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Mike, she did a chug challenge yesterday. I, you know, I saw that on Twitter and thought it was a joke. I uh, no, she actually, uh, you know, down the beer. I guess uh, she was sitting there in the seats. All of a sudden, the camera hit her, and they got up and chugged it. So you know, I was like, "Hey, kudos! She did a chug challenge." There you go. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, the, the the stats are she increased viewership according to Nielsen's of Chiefs games by nine percent, mostly female viewers. So, mm-hmm. and, and I, I know Goodell it. was up. Goodell was up there in her suite, you know, probably thanking her profusely for thank you for coming. And, <laughs> right. and what are you doing next year? And if things don't work out with Travis, are there any other players we can interest you in? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, she was, uh, she, she, by far, I mean, they, they kept showing all the stars that were there, but she outweighed all of them. I mean, 10 times over, LeBron included, you know, they kept showing all these different, you know, Hollywood people and such and athletes, but they kept showing her. I actually think, I actually think I saw Jay-Z coming off one of the elevators. Is that possible that he was there? Sure. He was there. There's like eight people around them. So he was Uh, there with Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor Swift. uh, If you read the time magazine article, when she was person of the year, as to just what she's done economically across the country. I mean, there's thousands of jobs created by her and her concerts around the world and everything. And the other star is this Patrick Mahomes guy, man. I mean, you, you can't, you can't come up with a good enough defense for him because the way the rules of the game are, and if he's got enough tools and he's got Andy Reed, who's so smart, there's the, there's little things that Andy Reed talks about where he predicts how defenses are going to react and when is the time to deal the card and, and you know, roll out a play that he calls corn dog, where he, he gets a guy to motion, and then as soon as he, he can get that corner to come, he, the, you know, he's got Hardman cutting straight back, suddenly wide open the corner, and Mahomes delivers a perfect pass, and you win the game in the clutch against a really good football team, the 49ers. And Patrick talked about, so does winning mean even more a season when they had lost five of eight games to games like, you know, the Packers up at Lambeau Field, does that, does that mean even more to you now that you won back-to-back championships? Yeah, 100%. I mean, battling through the adversity that we battled through this year and um, guys staying with the process, keeping believing, um, you just – you never know how it's going to happen. And to be able to go play three three great teams to get to this game and play another great team and um, win all those games, uh, it was a true – uh, road in the playoffs, and uh, we were able to come through and be Super Bowl champs. You know, Mike, uh, when it comes to the defensive side or the loser side of the football, we'll say, uh, I thought that uh, the Chiefs did a masterful job at frustrating Brock Purdy in that offense. And I, I know they punched it in a couple of times, but, boy, I tell you what, George Kittle, he he had to leave the field. He ended up having a shoulder issue. 
He came back and played, and uh, but that defense of the Chiefs really stifled what I thought would be a, a, a giant day by Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. It just wasn't. And when I watch this game now again, uh, you know, clean of all the commercials and things, the thing I'm going to look for: how much of a difference does it make for the 49ers defense when Dre Greenlaw left with a torn left Achilles? By the way, that he had that injury; he was dealing with that. It was sore. Uh, and he missed some games in December, but he got back just in time for the game against the Packers, uh, you know, toward the uh, in the playoffs there. Uh, and then, you know, so he he had a sort of Achilles, but this thing tears on him in the middle of the Super Bowl. Uh, and then Kittle uh, brought him to the sidelines. He said it was an upper body, but you know, Kyle Shanahan told reporters, you know, he suffered a shoulder injury. That's why you saw him on the sidelines. And, you know, George Kittle, born in Madison, Wisconsin, could have grown up and been, you know, playing for Madison West. Family moved to Des Moines, where he played for two or three different high schools. <laughs> kind of a troubled kid, Iowa kid, and he's so approachable, such a good guy. Uh, and he's got that that uh, tight end school that you know Mercedes Lewis would go to in the spring. And you know Tucker Craft talked about meeting him. What a great guy Kittle is, and sharing how to improve the tight end position, and, and frankly, what they pay tight ends in the NFL. Uh, all these tight ends to get together with him in Tennessee, and there he is now. Coming this close again, how hard is it to lose another Super Bowl at 31 years old? You know, um, you train all season, train all off season. Every day you put in for the work, go to OTAs, training camp. You know, just it's a long, long season. It's a long year. And whatever week we're on, what, 27, something like that. You know, we've been playing football since late July. And to come up short of a goal of a dream, it's not fun. Yeah, it's you uh, completely understand, and now you got to start the grind all over again. You, the off season starts today, and now you've got combine and uh, the draft and free agency, and the teams never look the same. I know the Packers uh, aren't going to look the same, and then we all get ready to do it all over again. It's hard to believe uh, that football has come to an end, Mike. You know, Brandon Ayuk is a pretty good receiver for the 49ers. Kind of a strange kid, man. It, it like Thursday. It's a really, you know, easy going get together, and there's about, I don't know, 100 media people there, and 53 players, and some coaches. And Brandon's got like sunglasses on and a hoodie pulled over, like he's shy, like he's just he's, he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to talk. It's just awkward for him. Uh, and I think about those four or five receivers that Green Bay's got right now, they're really good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I I started watching this game and saying. We got three or four guys that are just as good or better than any of these receivers on the field of the Super Bowl. You know? Yeah. I was thinking of that last night that the line of separation between great and good and above average and such is so thin because the Packers beat the Kansas City Chiefs and the Packers came within an interception of beating San Francisco. They'd already beaten Detroit. I you know, you just can't help but wonder what if, you know what I mean? Right, right. So I got some other good stories on people's reactions to how, how the Packers turned their season around. Maybe we can get together on Friday and get share some of that stuff for you, some of those interviews. And In the meantime, I've got to pack up here and get out of our house uh, before they <laughs> throw me on the street. But uh, we're all set. Uh, Mike, uh, great coverage, great stuff, uh, great week of coverage uh, in uh, the show itself. So uh, great to talk to you and then get home safe, and then we'll talk again this week, okay? Yeah, Bill, you're the best. You had a tremendous week out here, and our whole crew thanks you for being our leader. So thank you, pal. Talk to you later. It was a good one. It was a good one. Great way to end today's program on and uh, to get back at it uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll talk some hoops. We'll talk 
you know, Packers, now what? Uh, we'll get into whatever else happens to pop up between now and then as well. So good stuff. And uh, we we get to do nothing now. We're back to the norm, which is not a bad thing, to be honest with you. That'll do it. That'll wrap up today's program. Hopefully you enjoyed it. It's time for us to get out of here. Until we talk again, 20 hours from now, time for us to go. Have a go. Uh-huh.